Good evening, and welcome to episode 14 of Nightmare Theater, an open book club for nightmares. I'm Sander Desmond, and tonight we're going to be talking about repressed memories and traumatic experiences and the effect that this can have on dreams and nightmares, and also how sometimes repressed memories can emerge in nightmares. Um, but before we get started with the presentation, I did have another nightmare this week. Uh, it was a bit of a short one, but I feel like since I'm, you know, reading so many other people's nightmares, it's nice to, you know, share my own at the top of the show when I have one. So in this nightmare, I was at a park and I think I was having a picnic or something. And there was a wasp, like a, a regular yellow jacket wasp, and it was buzzing around and it landed on my, like, I think it was like kind of one of my ribs, like just on my abdomen. I wasn't wearing a shirt for some reason. And uh, it hadn't stung me, but like I couldn't get it to go away. Like I kept shooing it and didn't go away. And I decided to try to kill it, but I was like pushing on it with my finger against my ribs and its stinger was just kind of sticking up, just getting like pushed up by my skin. And I just had to hold it there for like the longest time. I couldn't like I couldn't get it to actually die. I just was stuck holding on to this wasp that was against my ribs. Very odd. And for some reason I I did think this time like I should try to analyze this before the show because that's, you know, what I'm supposed to do, but for some reason when it's my own nightmare I just find it much more difficult to interpret the nightmare. Um maybe the wasp I mean it's you could call it a form of you know, being trapped, uh, in a sense, like, like the nightmare was a being trapped nightmare, but it was just such a very specific action. Maybe I'm, I'm like entangled with something that's very near to me and I, it requires my constant attention. Maybe that could be, it. maybe it's this show, maybe it's this YouTube channel <laughs> requiring my constant attention, like a needy baby. Anyway, um, let's get into this presentation. It's, short in terms of the um, number of slides, but I think you'll find some of these stories to be very interesting. Looks good. Right, so tonight we're talking about trauma and repressed memories and dreams and nightmares, as I mentioned. So, what is trauma? So, Sigmund Freud believed that dreams were portals to the unconscious and he proposed that dreams protected sleep by having the anxiety associated with repressed desires, uh, sorry, by containing the, the anxiety associated with repressed desires. Later hypotheses were developed in response to repetitive nightmares experienced by war veterans. Researchers thought that dreams allowed people to revisit and attempt to work through old trauma. While science has come a long way since Freud, social science, more recent hypotheses are surprisingly consistent with many of these early ideas. Uh, when our experiences are traumatic, dreams may reflect that and the body's attempts to cope and learn from these situations. Being exposed to threats while safely asleep may reduce our fears and allow access to the other areas of the brain uh, important for creativity and decision making. Nightmares are, have also been shown to occur more frequently after a traumatic event. Um, 
it's occurring to me that I didn't really define trauma, but it's basically like uh, uh, something that happens to you, uh, an experience that you have where you feel very like emotionally disturbed by it, essentially, like to an extreme extent. Um, right, and after one of these events, nightmares are shown to increase in frequency. Uh, fortunately, for most people who have trauma-related nightmares, they subside after a few weeks to a few months. Uh, and long-term repetitive nightmares are linked to difficulties in reducing the brain's fear response combined with chronic hyperarousal. And chronic hyper or hyperarousal in general is a state of psychological tension marked by such effects as reduced pain tolerance, anxiety, exaggeration, uh, of startle responses, insomnia, fatigue, accentuation of personality traits. And it's also been described this chronic hyperarousal as a state of chronic fight or flight. So you can imagine that would be extremely taxing on you, like mentally and emotionally. Um, the fight or flight freeze response can remain activated after a, uh, for a long time after a traumatic experience has ended. Can nightmares cause trauma? Well, it depends on how trauma is defined. And obviously, we just gave my own sort of loose definition, but currently, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders indicates that trauma can be experienced either directly or indirectly. This means that we don't have to experience something firsthand to develop trauma. So, for example, teachers or counselors or even psychologists may develop secondary or vicarious trauma through repeatedly hearing about traumas experienced by those they serve, which is an interesting thought and kind of a disturbing one. You know, if you just if you listen to someone's problems for long enough, they become yours, uh, I guess, emotionally at the very least. Um, so, yes, the answer to the question uh, of can nightmares actually be the cause of trauma? And the answer is yes, by the current definition of trauma, which I thought was intriguing. So on to repressed memories. So this is a theory in psychology uh, proposed by Sigmund Freud, and it was that some events are so traumatic, which is why I introduced trauma first, that your brain prevents them from being accessed as memories. So, it, because it's just too emotionally overwhelming to you. And Freud began developing the theory after his teacher, Dr. Joseph Breuer, told him about a patient, Anna O. She experienced many unexplained symptoms during treatment. Uh, sorry, during treatment for these symptoms, she started remembering upsetting events from the past she previously had no memory of. Uh, after regaining these memories and talking about them, her symptoms began to improve. Freud believed that memory repression served as a defense mechanism against traumatic events. Symptoms that couldn't be traced to a clear cause, he concluded, stemmed from repressed memories. So any of these nightmares, for example, that I've been reading where I can't figure it out, if I were Freud, I would say you must have some repressed memory. Um, you can't always remember, sorry, you can't remember what happened, but you feel it in your body, regardless, uh, even if you're repressing it. 
and the concept of memory repression has had a resurgence in popularity in the 1990s when an increasing number of adults started reporting memories of child abuse they hadn't been aware of previously, and we'll get into some examples of that in a minute. Uh, uh, this is a controversial, controversial idea in psychology, though, the idea of repressed memories. Some psychologists uh, think that while repression could theoretically be possible, uh, there's not enough concrete proof. And even Freud later discovered, later in his career, discovered that some of the things that his clients remembered during his psychoanalysis sessions were not actually real memories. They were uh, imagined. Um, so, and then, this is a quote from uh, a modern psychologist. Above all, memory is highly flawed. It's subject to our biases, how we feel in the moment, and how we felt emotionally at the time of the event. That doesn't mean memories aren't useful for exploring psychological issues or learning about someone's personality, but they shouldn't necessarily be taken as concrete truths. Some psychologists believe that uh, it's even possible to implant false memories in a person, and this can be done through various techniques such as guided visualization, trance writing, dream work, body work, and hypnosis. I'm thinking I might do an episode on hypnosis, even though, like again, it's kind of veering away from nightmares a little bit, but it's spooky brain stuff is kind of, I think, the realm of what I'm interested in at this point, um, and it's related enough. All right, so I wanted to do three examples here, and these are like kind of longer stories, but they're very interesting. So this is uh, sort of an article that I found that reviews this case of a repressed memory coming forward in a dream. Uh, and in the article, they're discussing a girl who's had the repressed memory, but they refer to her as V, just the letter V throughout the article, just to protect her identity, I imagine. And so this is the history of her uh, repressed memory. V is the youngest of the three daughters in the family. She started primary school as an excellent student, but at the age of 11, she suffered anxiety attacks. Deterioration of her school performance led to interruption of her studies in the 8th grade at the age of 15. A year later, her mental state required psychiatric treatment with neuroleptics for a period of 6 years. At the age of 22, she moved to New York where she lived for 4 years. In October 1999, at the age of 23, she woke up with a dream that she had had intercourse with her father. This dream raised numerous memories of sex abuse by her father during her childhood at ages 3 and 10 uh, to 11. Those were when the uh, incidents she remembered them having taken place. So again, 11 is when uh, she started having the Oh, no, no, she actually didn't start having the anxiety attacks until four years after the latest time she later remembered the abuse. The dream and consequent memories provoked a, re, uh, a recrudescence of unstable mental state, and she required psychiatric treatment during her stay in New York. 
Immediately after revelation of the dream, she started accusing her father and her family, who refused to accept her accusations, considering that the entire story was the result of her mental state. However, after a while, the family accepted her story, and the mother divorced her father. Upon returning home in 2002, six years after having the dream, she filed a complaint of rape by her father during childhood. The court was impressed by the precise and detailed descriptions of V's feelings, sensation of disgust, suffocation, vomiting, and awful smells during the acts of rape. Written details in her diary dating 1997, two years before her dream, and conversation with her father. Three specialists in psychodramas working on a daily basis with victims of child abuse supported V's details and supported the authenticity of her rhetoric. Two specialists of the defense were considered to be inadequately experienced with raped children. Uh, answers provided by the father were less convincing and considered as lies. V's accusations were accredited by the court, and her father was convicted of rape 28 years after the event. The controversial decision of the court received massive media attention. So yeah, here's a case where, again, the last incident occurred four years before she had any symptoms of a mental health issue at all, and then it wasn't until literally like uh, 11 or 12 years after the after the last incident that she was even able to remember them and it came to her in a dream very interesting like like why you have to wonder like why a person's brain decides to reveal these things when it does another example this one not so much a dream but still a repressed memory that's very interesting So, uh, I neglected to write down her first name, but her last name is uh, Klumper, age 39, pictured there. Uh, it explains how, uh, sorry, this is from an article, but I've cut it apart in an odd way. She explains how she came to be a part of one of the most controversial cases in modern psychology. This is the first time she's talked to the media about her story. For years, she was known only as Jane Doe when she was published and written about in these academic journals. When I was about four, I accused my biological mother of sexually molesting me. She and my father were in the process of getting a divorce. As part of the custody evaluation, a forensic evaluation was done. As a result, Klumper's mother lost custody of her daughter. Klumper went to live with her father and stepmother. Then, when she was 12, her father had a stroke, and she had to move to a convalescent home. But over the decades, Klumper forgot what was actually on the videos, and this is referring to tapes that were taken of her at age 4, accusing her mother of the sexual assault. Excuse me. As time went by, she couldn't remember any more why she couldn't see her mother, or didn't see her mother. And by the age of 16, Klumper knew the videos existed and that they were being used as training aids, but no longer remembered what they contained. 
And I think she actually, not at age four, but at age six is the age that she was when she made the accusations that are on tape. So this is now 10 years later. She can't remember the accusations or the events that she discussed in those accusations. And she doesn't even remember why she isn't in contact with her mother. Um, Klumper decided that she had to see the videos. She contacted the lawyer and asked if she could watch them. On the video, they discussed the situation, and suddenly, this is when she's being shown the video at age 17 now, suddenly, she appeared to remember the abuse. In a few seconds, she goes from a truculent teenager to a broken child. There are differences between her description at age 6 and her recall at age 17, so she re yeah, oh, sorry, that's my own note. Uh, so, yeah, when she was six, uh, sorry, I'll just read my own note. She re-remembered the abuse after seeing her six-year-old self talking about it, but she had forgotten about it until that point. Very fascinating. When she was six, she referred to repeated assaults. In the later video, she only recalls one episode. So this is when she's age 17. She can only actually remember it happening once. And she's less confident that it was deliberate abuse. She was bathing me, and I only remember one instance, and she hurt me. She put her fingers too far where she shouldn't have, and she hurt me. She remembers on the video. She gave permission for an academic paper to be written about the phenomenon under the name Jane Doe. It's a very hard thing to test this sort of memory and to have it approved by an ethics board. So there's very literal literature on repressed memories. She joined the Navy and the hard work helped her uh, through some of the trauma. Uh, and then at age 39, as, she's, as this article is being written about her and she's being interviewed, uh, her quote is that some days I think I was molested and others I'm not sure. So even now, the memory is kind of phasing in and out. It's spotty, but very interesting. And then one final example here. So uh, this was a Reddit post by a deleted user on a psychology board. I'm, I'm not sure what it was exactly, but um, here's the post. When I was a young teenager, around 13 to 15, I began having problems at night. A few nights a week, I would wake up feeling terrified. I'd be convinced that there was something scary out there and would have to put on the light and go read until the sun came up. Naturally, this made me very tired, but I didn't tell mum what was happening, which I think says a lot. I eventually grew out of these night attacks, what, uh, whatever you would call them. At around the same time, I began suffering from severe tummy aches and nausea, all due to stress. It was horrible. Looking back, I had no one to share it with. Well, last night I had a weird dream. I dreamt I was in a bedroom, not my actual bedroom. Uh, I was talking to a man who I don't recognize. I was telling him about my stepdad's drinking. Both he and my mom used to drink too much. I think my stepdad still does, and he can't go a day without a drink, but mom has scaled right back. I've always been very afraid of drinking and drunk people. I'm not sure why. There were other elements to the dream, 
but I can't quite remember them. And there was a pervading atmosphere of fear. I woke up sweating and terrified, and out of the corner of my eye I could see what looked like huge spiders scuttling towards me. I woke up a bit more and realized they weren't there, but I felt absolutely terrified. It was the feeling of uh, that feeling of old that something scary was out there in the dark. I felt pretty sick. Anyway, by some miracle I got back to sleep and I felt a bit better when I woke up. I'm feeling a lot better now, although the dream has stayed with me a bit given the manner in which I woke up afterwards. Oh, and as I woke up I was saying in my head, don't go back there, don't go back there, don't go back there, and I'm really sorry over and over again. I honestly don't know what's happening here. I will discuss it with my counselor on Wednesday. I don't know if my brain is starting to process certain emotions and memories which I was unable to back then. If there, if that, uh, if that lot's been buried for three decades, no wonder I've been so ill. I just hope it was a one-off, and I'm wondering if uh, it was in part triggered by the knowledge that I was seeing my mom and stepdad today, which sounds a bit extreme. And basically, at the end of this, she's wondering if the whole thing, don't go back there, is part of her brain saying she's maybe not ready to relive a repressed memory. Um, but, I mean, it could also just be the brain not wanting to relive that feeling of stress and anxiety if it was, you know, severe enough. Uh, it could be, could be just, you know, more general trauma that she's trying to avoid. But still, interesting possibility there. I thought those stories were very, very fascinating. Um, hope you enjoyed them as well. Trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event. Immediately, shock and denial are typical. Um, Longer-term reactions, unpredictable emotions, flashbacks, strained relationships, physical symptoms. Oh, I see, you're defining trauma. Sorry, I, th I thought that was like a very well-written comment that was going somewhere. I once went to a doctor who did hypnosis to get over my fear of flying. When I started to laugh during the session, he ended it and sent me away, lol. Yeah, I mean, I haven't done my reading on hypnosis yet. Some people seem to think it's very legitimate, though, so kind of curious to see what I'll find. Um, I imagine it's one of those things where you have to take it seriously or it won't work. But then again, maybe taking it seriously introduces an element of bias. The APA reports that it's currently not possible to determine the veracity of memory without corroborating evidence. If they are repressed memories, they serve a purpose. Why dig them up? Well, I mean, digging them up presumably would also serve a purpose, would it not? Oh, yeah, like the yeah, the repression serves a purpose, but so does the memory. I mean, I guess your brain will do what it feels that it needs to do, and sometimes that uh, can change. Is my nose crooked? Have I just never noticed that before, or is it just my webcam? <laughs> we'll worry about that another time. Let's get into some nightmares for Reddit.
This is a post by usernamed RefrigeratorTop1651. The post is titled, I've been having this nightmare for the past eight years, and what's even weirder, my older sister had it too. The post reads, This nightmare comes by a lot, and it's almost the same each time I go to bed, and a few moments later I wake up to the sound of screams. It's my mother. I want to go and see what happens, but I can't. I'm stuck to the bed, and the screams keep going. My brother's father and sister keep going. My brother's father and sister, and then a man holding an axe walks in my room. He wears a black leather jacket and doesn't have a mouth. He just looks at me, and I see blood all over, and he leaves. And just then I can't move, or can move, sorry. I run and see everyone dead but my sister, and she's still breathing. She says, why didn't you save us? You could have saved us. Before she passes away, leaving me all alone. I walk out of the house and I see him, but every time I get close he just disappears and reappears in front of me. And there are people in the street, and I'm talking to them, but it's like I'm not there. Each time he kills them in a different way, leaving the bodies in different places. People told me in the past it might be a demon that I attached that attached himself to me and my sister, but I don't know. Uh, there are times uh, I can have this nightmare days in a row. I got to the point where when I was 11, I stood by uh, my house door for two days days straight at night waiting for him to come. Has anyone ever had something like that? If you uh, think you can, DM me or leave a comment. It's bothered me for a while. Hmm. So, yeah, she mentions that her sister has it too. Uh, I'm, I would be curious to know if when the sister has it, she's seeing it like living the dream in the same way that she is like so is is she the one who's letting her family die when she has the dream or is she seeing it from the perspective that you see her from in your dream so is she accusing you of doing something and then dying and then it would be interesting maybe to talk to her more about that and see you know what all of the other elements are that she sees from her side of the dream and maybe you know compare notes to see maybe there's something there that you're missing and maybe there's something in your dream that she's missing from hers uh, that could potentially help or be interesting. Um, eight years. I mean, it definitely sounds like a feeling of guilt uh, for some reason because you're... I mean, like, I think the implication sort of here is that it's a premonitory dream as well. Like, you seem to be wondering, like, is this going to come true, potentially? Uh, but other than that, I mean, it could be a feeling of guilt. Maybe you feel that you've uh, betrayed your family somehow. Um, or, I wonder if the, the being stuck has something to do with it. So maybe you felt like there was something that you had to do, um, and like your family had to be put on hold while you did that thing. So you were kind of stuck in that situation. And then by the time you, you know, got out of the situation, it felt like it was too late. Like maybe they bonded without you, had these experiences without you, that sort of thing. 
Um, and then the other thing that I was wondering about is when you said you were 11, you stood by your house door for two days straight at night waiting for him to come. I wasn't sure if that was part of the nightmare or if that was just something that you did in real life. But yeah, brief analysis there for you. Hope it helps. It's my lighting making my nose crooked. Oh yeah, because I only have it on one side. <laughs> Fair enough. This is a post by a user named CrusaderDV. The post is titled, Worst Dream I Ever Had. The post reads, Hello everyone, thanks for taking an interest. I'll try to include as much information without making this uh, TLDR. About 12 years ago, I was living in Texas after just starting my career. I was single and living alone for the first time. The dream. I was in an old neighborhood that I briefly lived in growing up. A bunch of friends and I were getting into an SUV, excited to go somewhere. Excuse me. As I rounded the front of the SUV to get in the back seat, my grandpa came uh, from around the back out of nowhere. This shocked me because he had died two years before. He held his arms out to me, and of course I hugged him. I love my grandpa so much. But suddenly, he began sobbing, and the harder I held him, the smaller he got, until he disappeared. In his place was a black briefcase. I was upset, and everyone started to panic. I grabbed the briefcase, and we all piled in the SUV. Now, I'm a big guy but I managed to fall in and stay in the footwell of the back seat. The briefcase was on the center console up front. Everyone was yelling at me not to open the briefcase, but I reached up and did it anyway. As soon as I did, a flurry of black feathers burst out and the sounds of birds filled the air. I put my hands over my head and I could feel the bird wings hitting me. The sound grew so loud it was deafening. The end. What made it worse was I woke up and I was lying on my side, staring directly at the clock. It was a little after 2am. Again, I was single, but I could feel without a doubt someone or something laying beside me in bed. I swear I could even feel it move occasionally, like something, uh, someone stirring in their sleep. I wasn't paralyzed, but I was convinced that if I moved or looked over my shoulder, I would literally die. I laid there, staring at the clock for over an hour. Finally, I couldn't take it anymore and burst out of bed, running away without looking back. After half a pack of smokes on the balcony, I screwed up my courage and went back in. Everything was normal. Even the fear was gone. I've never had an experience like it before or since, but I probably think about it once a week. Thanks for reading. Look forward to any insight you might have. Okay. So let's break this down piece by piece. He said he made a mention that it wasn't sleep problem. We'll get to the part about that though. So first things first. So this is a definitely a seeing the dead nightmare. At the, at the front of it. Um, 
And so seeing a dead person you know in a dream can indicate that you're struggling with grief. So in some way you feel that you're feeling the loss of your grandfather two years after he died. And now this is the part where the dream chart isn't going to help me because it becomes very unique. So the fact that, yeah, the, the briefcase and the birds, these are things that I feel like are very difficult for me to interpret. Like you might have a better idea of what those things represent. Um, I mean, the briefcase came from your grandfather. Or was it the grandfather? Sorry. He got so small until he disappeared. Hmm. I wonder if this is, you know, maybe you feel guilty about losing your memory of him. And then perhaps the briefcase is some physical thing that would jog your memory of him. Uh, I'm like really kind of reaching out on a limb here, but just doing my best. So again, like you'd have a better idea of what the birds represent and what the briefcase repre represents. Maybe there's some bird memory that you have with him and maybe you think that if you engage with that, you'll remember more things about him. Um, I don't know why everybody would be telling you not to open the briefcase. Maybe because it would re-invite grief. Um, and then... Yeah, you know what? I'm actually going to tie this into then the end of the nightmare because you feel that there's someone lying in your bed and you're terrified to look at them. And maybe that person is like your grandfather and like maybe maybe it wouldn't literally kill you, but maybe like you're so afraid to there's something that you're so afraid to revisit associated with your grandfather that it really feels like you'll die if you revisit it. And you're not paralyzed, so it's not a hypnagogic hallucination. Running away without looking back. This is in real life, though. Yeah, I mean, I think all of this does tie into sort of my, my initial impression then, which is that there's some something maybe of your grandfather's that you don't want to look at. Maybe it's a photo album, you know, maybe, again, I don't know what the birds represent, but that's like the best I can do. Uh, there's something with your grandfather that you feel guilty for forgetting, but at the same time, you don't want to remember it. I feel like that's, that's the best I got. Hope that helps in some way. <laughs> Uh, well, it's because it is on one side right down to the end where it looks both sides gives the illusion of crooked. Okay. I think we're, we're, we've made our peace with my nose being crooked or it being a trick of the light one way or another. But this is a post by a user named Verde Jai with two eyes at the end could be J, J-A-I-I. The post is titled, Some Type of Ritual. The post reads, I remember bits and pieces, so here's what I do remember. I was laying down on my couch, and there was this dead lady on top of me, telling me that she needed to cut me and take blood from me for a ritual. 
for someone. I'm assuming it's her mother, but for some reason, I wasn't scared. After she had finished, I guess the ritual went wrong, and the house was shaking, and they started screaming. After that, I just woke up hyperventilating. This is a bit of a shorter one. So, again, let's have a look at our dream chart. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I added three more things to the bottom of the dream chart, so it's getting to be pretty meaty. Eventually, we'll just have to have, like, a scroll. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so seeing the dead. This sounds like seeing a dead person that you don't know. Uh, um, so seeing dead people that you don't know indicates anxiety, but a personal illness. Hmm. Now let's go back and look at that nightmare again. Cut me and take blood for a ritual. For someone, I'm assuming it's her mother. But for some reason I wasn't scared. After she had finished, I guess the ritual went wrong. This sounds... You know what this sounds like to me? It sounds like maybe you're an organ donor. And... You know, because a personal illness... Or, you know, there's something where you feel like maybe you won't survive something and then somebody needs something from you for somebody else. Um, and then you're like, I guess the ritual going wrong would be akin to the body rejecting the transplanted organ. Um, I don't know if that's something that you would necessarily feel though, because I get, well, you weren't scared. I mean, it, all, it honestly doesn't sound even like a nightmare because you said you weren't scared, but it sounds like a dream where you're... I guess maybe afraid for someone else. Like maybe you know someone who needs an organ transplant and you're afraid it won't work or a hip replacement or something, some surgery coming up. And that would, the, the surgery would represent the ritual and you're just kind of afraid for their well-being. That's the vibe I get from this one. I just got an email from someone. I think they're watching the stream, but let me know if you want me to read this, like, at the end, and I will. Um, or if you want me to save it for next week, if you're watching. <laughs> um, but let's read another Reddit nightmare in the meantime. This is a post by a user named MrGoatMan90. The post is titled, Stuck in the Past. The post reads, I had a nightmare where I was stuck in the past. So the nightmare started uh, was where everyone I was in class... I don't know if I'm reading this wrong. Sorry. So the nightmare started was where I was in class in fifth grade. And then I think I'm not supposed to be here. Why do I remember everyone from fifth grade here? I saw my old friends from fifth grade, and they were younger versions of themselves. So then class ends, and we all start to pack up and leave. I go outside to go home, and I see my old neighborhood and school, and my brain literally pictured everything, and put everything in place, and put back together the neighborhood and school. So I don't know where I'm going, and this lady from the school says, do you know where you're going? Then. I don't say 
anything, and she guides me towards the cars, and I see my mom, and I get in the car with my mom, aunt, and grandma. They were all in there, and they just say hello, and I say nothing, and then I face the reality that I'm going to be reliving my life. Then I wake up scared. That's really fascinating. Stuck in the past. That's so cool. That's such a neat concept. Um, I feel like I would have to call that a being trapped nightmare. So, um, can it indicate that you have claustrophobic anxiety? Obviously not the case here. Without claustrophobia, it can indicate that you feel that you're held back from reaching your potential somehow. Unhealthy relationship, dead-end job, etc. So, I mean, in this case, it's this is a very unique trap nightmare. Because normally when we talk about a trap nightmare, it's like a physical... You're trapped within some, you know, physical prison or, or space where you're unable to escape. But here you're trapped sort of in time. It's like a, like a sci-fi take on a trapped nightmare. Um, but you feel like you're not progressing. I mean, that's that's ultimately what it means. And I don't know, like, like oh, hmm, it almost makes me think of, you know, maybe if you're, you were like still living at home or something or, or you felt like you had to move back in with your parents maybe you're sort of like out of work right now that type of thing or you just finished university and you're not really sure what the next stages of life are going to look like and you you know it could be that like if you're moving home you would maybe have a nightmare like this where you're afraid that you're just going to end up you know reliving these things that you thought you had gotten past and i mean it could be that a different take on that even if you were moving on to something new but maybe that new thing that you're moving on to gave you vibes of your past and maybe you feel like there's something that you feel like it, it's tedious you feel like you've done this before like why do you have to do this again that type of thing you know i hope that was helpful i feel like that's I don't think the interpretation is going to get any better than that, so I hope that that was helpful. But very interesting take on a being trapped nightmare. This is a post by a user named wellcrap underscore. The post is titled, The Most Vivid Nightmare I've Had. The post reads, I live in a small apartment. The kitchen is right in front of the living room, and I was standing right in between them. Every light in the house was turned on, and blood red in color. I turned around and ran, though I don't know why. While I was running, I saw the most distorted clown I've ever seen. I turned the corner to avoid it, and ran straight into my room. I remember rushing to my lamp and trying to switch it on. Everything was normal, except the blood-red light and clown. That thing came closer and closer until I finally woke up. The worst part? I felt all of it. The fear, the cold, the floor, the lamp switch. It was repeating. For an entire week, 
I had this nightmare. And every time I had it, the clown-looking thing uh, became more distorted and got closer and closer. And although it stopped, I'm now extremely scared of clowns. Things lurking in the dark and red light. Sounds kind of dumb, I know, but I really had to let this out. That's really interesting. Uh, I forget. I have to add clowns to my dream chart because this has come up before. And I always forget what it means. I'm going to actually just go ahead and write down clowns here so that I remember to add it to the chart for next time. There we go. Beautiful. Um, but other than that, it's a chasing nightmare. So we can analyze it from that perspective. And we can worry about the monster at another time. Um, so chasing nightmare. So it's about uh, in the middle. Indicates that you're avoiding some confrontation in real life from another person or situation. The manner in which you flee or hide indicates the manner in which you avoid conflict in real life. So in this case, it's just straight up running. Um, if we wanted to take, you know, the Jungian interpretation of it being your house, then that would represent your psyche. And it would be something in your psyche that you think is very distorted that you're trying to hide from. I don't know if that necessarily has to be the case. Like if you want to necessarily interpret the house as being your psyche in this dream. Um, but what's interesting also to me is the fact that it was occurring over the course of a single week. And at the end, it went away. I mean, <laughs> as you say, you're now traumatized and afraid of clowns and things lurking in the dark and red lights. So I guess this would be an example of uh, indirect trauma or your nightmare causing uh, uh, trauma, I guess, or a fear of clowns. Um, again, interesting that you didn't have that fear before the nightmare, and it's that makes it even more challenging, you know, to understand what the clown might represent, and why I wish that I had uh, added it to my dream chart already. But what are you going to do? Um, I don't know what the red light indicates. I mean, it reminds me of a dark room. I mean, you said things lurking in the dark. I don't know if. Like in back in the day, before you know we had like digital cameras, you had to develop photos in a dark room, and uh, I think it's because the wavelength of red light or infrared light um, is higher, higher. It's a higher wavelength, so it's like lower energy wave. So those rays won't damage the photos. But uh, I've used one to develop like X-ray film. And that's kind of a spooky feeling. Like, like you enter the room and it feels like it's pitch black, but there's actually this infrared light above. And you can actually see after your eyes adjust in the infrared light, but it's just kind of a, a creepy vibe. And there was this like room in our dark room that had this rotating door that you could get into the like a sub dark room with. And I was always wondering like there could be somebody in that thing or on the other side of the door, just, you know, in like that sub dark room and I would never know about it. They could be there literally like probably for like a, it wasn't used very much, probably for like a week or a month in some cases without anyone knowing. Uh, but I think they also kept radioisotopes in there so they would probably have a bad time health wise if they stayed in there for too long. 
anyway, sorry, uh, back to the dream. Again, like I would, I would really have to know what was going on that week in your real life. Like, I feel like that would give the most clues as to what was happening in the dream there. Like even more than knowing what the clown represented. Like, I feel like the monster is probably less relevant than what was happening in your real life during that week, because there was something that you felt like you didn't want to deal with. That's the best I can do. And there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, I am going to read the email that was sent to me at the end because it seems like it pertains to what we were talking about uh, very strongly. But before that, let's read this post by a user named ApprehensiveVoice72. The post is titled, My Nightmare. The post reads, I had these transactions dreams when one would will occur and then it transfers to another one so i had one where i was running away i had my bags and everything so i was in the park next to the park there was a movie theater so i went in the movie theater and i remember having my dogs with me so i had a small bed for them with some food and water and left them somewhere safe in the park I went to the movie theater, and in front of me there were Russian soldiers. We watched the movie and asked uh, to give me a ride back, and I said sure, so I went with them, and for some reason one of the soldiers drops a bag in the lake, and everything turned dark, and one of the commanders said to activate it, and I asked what's that, and they replied, oh, some creepypasta thing, and the moon was like a dark yellow. And all of a sudden, a bright light appeared, and everything blew up like a nuclear bomb. So, I would consider this an apocalypse nightmare. So, which indicates that a big change is happening in your life. Um, certainly near the end. And then maybe we can get a sense of what that might be from the start of the dream you were running away and you had your bags and everything so it's like you know like in the second sentence or first sentence so i mean if you're a runaway with your bags that would certainly indicate that there's a big change happening um i guess your dogs are coming with you wherever you're going small bed for them some food and water yeah i wonder if you're maybe moving somewhere new in real life or if you feel like you want to run away and you're really considering making that big change but yeah whenever you have the world just completely go to ruin in a dream or a nightmare that indicates that you are um thinking or your subconscious is trying to deal with a great change that's happening that's a very long one. Oh wow Okay, I only saved very long ones for the end, apparently. But I think we've got time for certainly one more long one and then this email. This is a post by a user named Pixies. The post is titled, Worst Nightmare of My Life. The post reads, Hey, so I don't really post on here, but here I go. So I have nightmares almost every night. 
I don't mind them because they normally don't freak me out. But I just woke up at 4.21 a.m. Almost a meme uh, from this one in a cold sweat, sorry. So I don't remember all of it, but apparently I was an FBI investigator after a serial killer. Silence of the Lambs-esque, it's my fave movie. For context, I didn't even know the extent to what the serial killer was doing until we had to make a house call. We gave him a name. It was something like Pan Mouth or something similar. But anyways, it was a normal crime investigation stuff and such until we intercepted a phone call and this girl was talking to her mom and all of a sudden she started screaming for her life. Struggle sounds, the usual in those situations. We, t- uh, we go to her house, which is hours away. Poor FBI work, I must say. So by the time we got there, it was dark. We took our flashlights with us and searched the house. There was blood everywhere. I mean everywhere. Things were torn up. Signs of a struggle. And the worst part is, is that the blood was still somewhat fresh. We then go to the bathroom. Blood is pooling out from underneath the door. I shakily reached for the door handle. I opened the door and there she was in the bathtub. She was skinned, her muscle exposed. Her eyes had been ripped out and shoved back in the eye sockets. Her mouth was open in mid-scream, but it was horribly stretched out. Her mouth was unnaturally wide. Some of her teeth were gone, even though she was just muscle. You could tell how scared she was. She was skinned alive. She had holes poked all around the back of her throat, so she had holes all over. I was forced to look. I couldn't look away. Pan Mouth had been hiding in his victims' homes under their noses, waiting for the right time to strike. He would sneak up on them and skin them alive in their own bathtub. He would stretch their mouths horribly wide into agonizing scream faces, hence the name Pan Mouth. He ripped out their eyes and put them back in to make them wide. He left their scalps on their head. Uh, Anyways, my brain thought I was dying because of the adrenaline rush and woke me up. The worst nightmare I've ever had in my life. I will personally never be sleeping again. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Like Whenever I hear one of these serial killer ones that actually sounds like an episode of a true crime show or an episode of you know, Criminal Minds or Law and Order or any, any of these things. I think that it's probably caused by watching a lot of crime shows. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be that guy who says, like, video games cause violence or whatever, and I'm not necessarily saying that. I mean, well, you also say Silence of the Lambs is your favorite movie. So there you go. Like, yeah. I mean, it could be that you've just kind of been binging some horror stuff lately, and, you know that's going on because like the alternative is that you think that there's a real serial killer out there but also the fact that you are the FBI in the dream and I kind of get the sense that you're not in real life because it sounds like you would 
talk about it differently, but maybe you are. But again, it, it sounds more like you're creating an episode of your favorite show for yourself to enjoy. Um, so I feel like there's not a whole lot of analysis to do on that one, but definitely, you know, maybe turn that in, turn it into a show. I mean, I guess it's a whole other thing that when you your dream and your nightmare will make you genuinely feel like you're there, right? So I guess that's part of where the horror is coming from uh, and why you have so much adrenaline. Uh, just uh, as a little tip, this might not be interesting to you, but maybe it will be. So you're saying you felt like you were dying because of an adrenaline rush and that woke you up. Um, well, that exact thing in some sleep journals is how you actually define a nightmare as opposed to a bad dream. So if you don't wake up from a scary dream, they actually would not consider some certain academics that we're not too concerned with <laughs> wouldn't consider it a nightmare unless you had an adrenaline rush big enough to wake you up from it. And of course, if you're having those chronically, then that can lead to some, you know, more debilitating mental illnesses and whatnot and uh, just feelings of anxiety. But again, like that's like nothing too out of the ordinary, I guess. Like you don't necessarily have to worry about the fact that you woke up from it. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting read. Thanks for posting that. Oh. Okay, so yeah, he said feel free to read anonymously. So I'm going to read this uh, email that I just got now because it pertains to some of what we talked about in the presentation. Uh, I once had a client who was diagnosed with PTSD from her job at a plant that constructs military vehicles. Her job was dismantling the vehicles returning from Afghanistan that had been damaged by IEDs. She sometimes found limbs and other body parts caught in the, in the mangled wreckage. Of course, it would be traumatic to find this stuff, but presumably her imagination took her vividly to the awful event, as with repressed memory, etc. Perhaps with the right triggers, the mind just fills in or manufactures what it so much fears. That's really interesting. Yeah, thanks for sending that. So that was because uh, we were talking about like direct versus indirect trauma. Uh, so like direct trauma being some emotional thing happened to you versus indirect trauma being you're witnessing some emotional thing. I wonder if that would be considered indirect though, because like she is finding real body parts in, the, in this wreckage. Like, I mean, I don't know if that would actually be disturbing to me personally, <laughs> which is kind of a weird thing to admit, but like I can see that being disturbing to certain people. Um, but yeah, you're right though, that there's like another component to it, which is, just imagining how, you know, if you find, I, I don't know the parts of a tank, but like, you know, if you find a human arm and it's kind of like barely, you can barely tell that it's even a human arm and it's just, you know, stuffed in between some axle and some gear thing and like part of the back of the finger where it's been, you know, going for a while spinning around is like just gone or just smoothed out in some 
messed up way that you shouldn't see a human hand and then yeah like just imagining what it took to get that body part dismembered and then into that spot in the tank you know yeah you're right that the mind fills in or manufactures what it so fears i can definitely see that being the case uh and you asked to be anonymous so that's fine we're cool with that and that is going to do it for nightmare theater this week uh, thanks for stopping by. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good one. I felt like I was on point today. I feel like my mind's sharp today, which I, I always enjoy. Um, so next week, I think that I want to talk about lucid dreaming. So it's something that I've like I've touched on many times and I've defined it before, but it's not something that I've actually gone into in depth. And this was also inspired from last week's presentation reading that I was doing where I was looking at um, some of the differences in in brain scans, how your mind behaves during sleep. And then in lucid dreaming, it, like they've scanned lucid and non-lucid dreams. And it's there's actually like interesting differences because of course in a lucid dream, you're conscious. But we're gonna get more into that next week. Also just like lucid, like what it is and like maybe some crazy stories of, of lucid dreaming. Uh, subscribe and hit the bell so you get notified when I go live next week and feel free please to send your nightmares to theforgottengrove at gmail.com I would love to read them I can keep you anonymous or credit you however you'd like it done and I think those are all of the things that I need to say I'm I'm never 100% sure but there it is and until next time Embrace the beautiful dark.